are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Online at BethanyNaz.org. Today we begin a three-week series called Anxiety. And I've been believing, I've been praying that God is going to do some incredible work in the hearts of many people through His Word over these next three weeks. In fact, I believe and I've been praying that God is going to do something incredible in the heart of somebody today through His Word. So when we talk about anxiety uh, and we try to define it, we use words like worry or fear or uneasiness or nervousness. And the object of anxiety is always about something that has kind of an unknown or an uncertain outcome. So I'm feeling a little worried about how this is going to turn out, or I'm feeling a little um, fearful about how this might turn out, or I'm feeling uneasy, or I'm feeling nervous about how this might work out. So you might say, uh, I hear you say the word anxiety. Is, is anxiety and fear, are they, are they the same? Um, they're really not, but Max Licato in his little book called Anxious for Nothing, which is a great read on this subject, uh, if you'd like to purchase that book, he helps us know the difference between the two. Let me give you a quote. You might remember it from a few weeks ago. Licato says, fear sees a threat, but anxiety imagines one. Now think about it for a minute. Fear sees a threat, but anxiety imagines a threat. So in other words, anxiety spends all of its energy on the what ifs. What if I lose my job? Uh, What if, you know, I get sick? What if I run out of money? What if somebody that I love passes away? What if the economy doesn't recover? The fact of the matter is that you can stack up the what ifs as high as any mountain. Uh, They're just endless and they can actually just make your life miserable. So I want to say something to you. In fact, I'm going to pause because I want you to look at me for a minute and hear what I have to say. When COVID-19 came along, uh, people began to write, and and I'm sure they're experts, and they said things like, um, because of isolation, because of economic stress, because of various other factors, we're going to see anxiety increase. And I'm sure we have, and I'm sure that we will continue to. But here's what I want you to hear me say, that long before there was COVID-19, long before the coronavirus, anxiety was a huge issue in our society, a huge issue. And after COVID-19 is long gone, when COVID-19 is in our rearview mirror, there will still be uncertainty that will feed anxiety. Are you hearing me? So before COVID-19, anxiety was a huge issue in our society. And after it's long gone, because of uncertainty, there will continue to be anxiety in our world. Let me just tell you what I'm talking about. Did you know that in the United States of America, the United States of America alone, over 50 million people annually will deal with anxiety disorders? 50 million people. Did you know that last year we spent $300 billion on stress-related ailments? $300 billion on stress-related ailments. And when I think about 
what an issue this is, uh, I get real excited because I open God's Word and I find a great truth. And it's simply this, that God desires to free you from the state of anxiety. Now, when I say the state of anxiety, we've talked over the last few weeks that we can't help anxious thoughts and fearful thoughts enter in our mind. But from the sermon last week, you don't have to spend the night there, okay? Um, You don't have to sleep with them. Anxious thoughts, fearful thoughts are going to come. But I'm talking about a state of perpetual anxiety God wants to free you from and you don't have to live in it. And so this morning, I just want to take a little bit of time to take you to God's Word, okay? And in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7, we have these words. Just two verses today that I'm going to share with you. And here they are. Let me just put them on the screen for you. Here's what Peter writes to his listeners. Humble yourselves, key words, therefore under God's mighty hand. You say, okay, I'm tracking with you so far. Humble myself under God's mighty hand. We read about God's mighty hand a lot in the Old Testament. It was under God's mighty hand that people were delivered from slavery and other things. Okay, that he may lift you up in due time. Now look at the next verse. Cast all your anxiety on him. All of your anxiety, cast it on him because he cares for you. This is the Word of God for the people of God, and I'm glad to share it with you this morning. You might say, Rick, that, that two verses that you read to us, it's, it's probably not just standing alone. I mean, there's a bigger story, right? There is a bigger story, and the bigger story is that something major has happened, and what has happened is Jesus happened. <laughs> Jesus comes into our world. At the age of 30, he begins to preach about the kingdom of God. He teaches about the kingdom of God and he demonstrates this is what the kingdom of God looks like in all of his mighty works. For three years, Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. And after three years, they put him on a cross and they crucified him. But after they crucified him and buried him in the tomb, on the third day, God raised him from the dead. And so last Sunday we celebrated Easter, and this is the second week of Easter, and we're still celebrating the resurrection. What happens next is unbelievable. The church begins to grow by leaps and bounds, and the kingdom of God continues to be established on this earth. So it's not just reaching people who are Jewish, Jewish, but it's reaching the Gentile population as well. And so Peter writes, he's known as a major church leader, and he writes a letter to encourage some Gentile Christians, people who have embraced Jesus, who were not raised Jewish. He begins to encourage them with his words, multiple congregations in an area called Asia Minor. The most maybe familiar church that you would know in Asia Minor would be the congregation at Ephesus. Now, when you get to chapter 5, he tries to encourage them because they're going through great persecution. They're suffering because of their faith. And he talks in chapter 5 about shepherds and, and the flock. And he says to shepherds, I want to make sure that you have the needs of the flock as your primary concern. And then to the flock, he says, make sure you follow your shepherd. And to both of them, the shepherd and the flock, he says, practice humility toward one another and be humble toward God. Now, when I think about this, it makes perfect sense to me. So here's what we're going to do. 
you lead, the rest of you follow. What could possibly go wrong? Well, there's a lot that can go wrong because we're talking about human relationships here. We're talking about misunderstanding. We're talking about miscommunication. We're talking about not always focusing on the needs of the other person. And so what's happening is you're experiencing outward persecution, this external threat. But when you're dealing with this external threat, it sometimes applies pressure to internal relationships. So my wife and I, we may say, oh, we're getting along great. Life is going good. We're just so in love and we just are getting along really well. But then when we have this out external threat, this problem out here, it tends to put pressure on the internal relationship. And that's what's happening. Not only that, we'll learn in the next few verses that there is an enemy. His name is the devil, and he is trying to devour, destroy them. And so in light of all of that, Peter says, cast all of your anxiety on God. All of your concerns, all of your uneasiness, all of your worry, all of your fear, all of your nervousness about what might happen in your future, just give it to God. I brought with me something this morning that I wanted to share with you. I think it's a pretty good representation of anxiety. The reason I think it's a pretty good representation of anxiety is because um, it's really heavy. (laughs) It's also kind of jagged on the edges. It can inflict a lot of pain. Um, It's rough. Um, And it's hard. I think anxiety are all of those things. And so what Peter is saying to his listeners in Asia Minor is, you really shouldn't be carrying this. It's heavy. It's dangerous. And it's just hard to carry. What what you really ought to do is is give it to God. I I think the opposite of giving this to God would be carrying it. Um, I brought with me this morning a, a backpack. And so what I thought I might do just to make it easier for me, because it would be hard just to hold that in my hands, is just to uh, maybe do it like this. I remember there was a season of my life as an adult with a wife and two kids when I went through a very difficult season. And, and I carried something like this with me for a long, long time. Um, I remember going to restaurants with people. You remember the days when we used to go to restaurants with people? That's going to come back again. Um, I remember going to restaurants with people to eat, and they could tell that I was carrying something that was really heavy. Um, Maybe they didn't bring it up, but I knew that they knew because it was just evident. I I think sometimes when we're carrying things like this that are really heavy, I, I I think people see it. And I think people maybe say... Do you think Rick's okay? And, and the response may be something like this. I think he's carrying some pretty heavy stuff right now. So the opposite, I think, of giving our anxiety to God is to say, you know what? Um, I think I'm just going to carry it for a little while. Well, as you can tell, this is heavy and there's a problem with carrying anxiety. Let me show you what the book of Proverbs says. I think this will be helpful to you. It says, anxiety weighs the heart down. I I don't know of a more true statement anywhere in the world than the one that we're looking at right now. It's been my story, and I think you would probably say it's your story. Anxiety simply weighs the heart down. And so 
As you go through life and you carry something like this, the longer you carry it, the heavier it gets, and it just finally gets to the point that it just begins to weigh you down. Corey Ten Boone is a lady who I think understands going through or understood going through hard times. Uh, This is what she said about worry, and I think it's helpful. She said, worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrow. I I think sometimes that's the goal. We we just want to empty tomorrow of its sorrow. She said, but worry doesn't do that. It actually empties today of its strength. And when I think about carrying stuff like this with me, I feel like that's what happens. It, it doesn't really help me with tomorrow, what I'm concerned about, that uncertain outcome out there. What worry does is it just kind of empties today of its strength. And I come to the end of the day and I'm just more exhausted and more tired than I've ever been because I'm carrying this with me throughout the day. So let me, let me take you back to, to Peter as he's writing to these Gentile Christians who live in Asia Minor. Remember, they're going through persecution. They are suffering because of their faith. Some of them are being imprisoned. Some of them are losing their lives because of their faith. Uh, they're dealing with then that external pressure, complicating internal relationships with the overseer and, and flock thing going on. And, 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 you know, just everything that can happen in relationships can happen in relationships and often does. And then on top of that, in the next few verses, we're going to read that you've got this enemy of the devil, and he wants to destroy you. I mean, he wants to destroy you. He doesn't want to hurt you. He wants to destroy you. And I think Simon Peter is saying that if you just live in the world of what ifs, it, it can be a whole lot to carry. And, and it's going to weigh your heart down. And it's not going to even help with tomorrow. In fact, it's just going to zap your strength that you have today. And so, so I think the, the bottom line here is simply this, that anxiety, it stems from carrying something you just weren't meant to carry. An- anxiety is just a result of you and me carrying something around with us all day long, everywhere we go, that we were not meant to carry. I remember a friend of mine years ago, John, lifted a heavy burden off of me. And I said, John, but if you take it, then you have to carry it. And I remember what this wise, older man than me said. It's okay, Rick. I can carry it, but you weren't meant to. And I realized that John was right. I shouldn't have been carrying it in the first place. And John just said, let me take that off of you. So you may be asking that that verse about humbling yourself. I don't know that I quite understand what humbling myself has to do with the anxiety that I'm living with, Rick. I mean, I, I read the words. Do the verses actually go together? Are they actually connected? Do they actually have meaning? Does one influence the other in some way? It actually does. Humble yourself before God, Peter says. Before he says, cast your anxiety on him. You see, here's the bottom line. Pride says, I've got this, okay? I can carry it. I just got to, I got to bow up. I got to man up. I got to do it. I can, I can do this. Humility says, I can't carry this. 
this is just getting too heavy, and I shouldn't be carrying it. You see, pride and arrogance increases anxiety because that means it's all on me, and I've got to carry it. Humility is when I come before God and say, I need help. I love the illustration that we talked about last week when I talked about borrowing the image of the pastor that I'd listened to who said, we are only 20 inches from grace. And the 20 inches is the distance for most of us from the floor to our knee. And if we would just fall on our knees, that 20 inches, humble ourselves before God and say, I need help. So, if God desires to free me from a state of anxiety, and anxiety is something that I was never meant to carry like I'm carrying now, then, then what do we do? Let me talk to you about, about what we do. I remember, I remember one Thursday, I remember it well, it was several years ago, I was living here in Oklahoma City because it was my day off. It was in November, and I remember it was November because I was putting up Christmas lights. I always like to let all the nice, sunny, beautiful days in November go by, uh, and I like to put up my Christmas lights on a really cold, windy, harsh day where you can't really feel your fingers because they're so numb from the cold. I don't know why I let that happen, but I tend to let it happen. And so this was one of those times when I'm out putting up Christmas lights, and I am freezing to death, and my fingers are numb, and there was another issue, though, all day long. I carried with me something that was pretty heavy. I've been on the phone quite a bit that week with a family member who was going through a really, really, really tough time. I, I would have fixed it for them if I could have fixed it, but it wasn't something I could fix. To me, there were just a lot of what ifs. And I was living out those what ifs that whole day. I was out there on ladders putting up Christmas lights with numb fingers because it was so cold. And the longer I dealt with the what-ifs, the heavier it got. What if this happens? And then what if that happens? And what if this happens? And what if this doesn't work out? And I mean, I was stacking up the, the what-ifs to, to the point that they'd become a mountain for me. And, and all day long, this load that I was carrying was getting heavy. And every trip up the ladder was just harder because the load on my back was heavier than the last trip up the ladder. And I remember finally, just in despair, I sat down, and it was cold, and I bowed my head, and I just said, God, this is heavy. I felt like the Lord said to me something that day that He has said to me many, many times. So you're going to carry this? You feel, like, you feel like you can carry this, Rick? Looks like to me you've been carrying this all day. Is this something that you want to carry? And I remember humbling myself before the Lord and saying, Lord, I can't do this. I can't, I can't function like this. And I felt like the Lord saying, just, just give it to me. And I remember that day, 
I remember that day just praying this prayer of saying, Lord, I, I can't do it. And I took it off and I just gave it to him. Now, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, throughout the next few days, I might have had to pray that prayer again. Because sometimes we tend to pick it back up. But somewhere over those next few days, God extended grace to me. And I remember that load being lifted off me. And I remember God giving me peace in the midst of that struggle. The circumstances were still there, but I was no longer carrying it. You see, I think what we do is we just begin to do this, this daily practice. And when I say daily, it's because there are always uncertainties that feed anxiety. And so we may overcome one today, but guess what? Tomorrow there's going to be more uncertainties. Begin the daily practice of casting your anxiety on the Lord. I love N.T. Wright as a New Testament scholar, and, and I love what he says. Let me give you the quote, okay? He says, the verb cast is a strong one. Pick up everything that is bothering you, everything that's weighing you down, and fling them on God's back. Don't you love it? (laughs) You say, Rick, why would I do that? Because He cares for you. How do I know God cares for me? I remember doing a little live post on Facebook on Good Friday, and I just said on this day, if you've ever doubted that God loved you, if you ever doubted that God cares for you, today, as we remember Jesus going to the cross, God giving His only Son, it must erase any doubt that you might have. You remember that difficult season I told you that I had years ago? God gave me a three-step plan. I didn't read it in a book. I really got it out of Scripture. And here's the street three-step plan, and I want to give it to you, okay? I'm just going to put it on the screen. Here's what I do when I'm dealing with anxiety. Number one, I state the cause of my anxiety. You say, you do what now? I state the cause of my anxiety. Get it in one sentence. Otherwise, it feels like there's a thousand things. I remember I would lay in bed at night, wake up because I couldn't go back to sleep with anxiety. And and I remember just saying, okay, get this in one sentence. What is the cause of my anxiety? I am nervous. I'm anxious. I'm afraid. I'm worried about what if. And so I would just make myself get it in one sentence. I challenge you to do the same. It amazed me how freeing this first step was. I began to realize, okay, this is what's really bothering me. Get it in one sentence. State the cause of your anxiety. Number two, you ask the question, is there anything I can do? I would just lay there and say, okay, Lord, is there anything I could do or should do? See, if you have anxiety because you have a test coming up, but you haven't studied for the test, you should study for the test. You don't just say, God, take this away from me. No, you need to be concerned enough to study, okay? If, if your finances is what's causing you, or what's causing you anxiety and, and you're living recklessly as a steward of your money, then you need to get on a budget. There is something you could do, okay? Many times I would pray and, and I would just realize there's nothing that I can do. Nothing I can do, okay? Three... Just cast it on Him. I would just say, Lord, I can't carry this. I'm just going to humbly come before You and say, I can't do it. And I'm going to give it to You. I can't tell you how many times I would go through this process and I would roll over and close my eyes and go to sleep 
knowing that everything was in God's hands. That's what Peter is saying. Just humbly come before God and cast your cares on him. I carry a backpack quite a bit, especially on trips. You'll never see me in the airport without a backpack. I'll make sure I take a backpack when we go on vacations. And if we're gone from the hotel for the day, I'll take the backpack with me. You know what I tend to notice about people who see you with a backpack? They say to you if they're with you, um, would you put this in your backpack? (laughs) And by the end of the day, sometimes the backpack can get really heavy. I think about all of those times when I've traveled and I've finally gotten back to the hotel or gotten home and I take that heavy backpack off me. I'm just like, that feels so good to get rid of the backpack. Would you just take a moment right now before we close? Would you just envision yourself standing before God? And would you just envision yourself just slipping that backpack off your shoulders? And would you just envision God with a smile on his face and his hands reached out to you, willingly accepting it because he cares for you? Cast it on him. I want to make one other statement before I pray for you. I broke my leg over a year ago. I had a physical health problem. I went to see a doctor. If I have a mental health problem, in other words, if I have clinical anxiety, I'm going to see a doctor. There's no shame in that. God has called those people. We celebrate medical workers today. I also celebrate mental health workers. I'm so thankful for them. Maybe that medication becomes something that God uses to bring about your healing. One man, very gentle, very kind, said, God extends his grace to me by giving me one little pill that I take every day, and it keeps me at a place of mental health. And so I'm just trying to say to you that there is a clinical level of anxiety that, that I can't fully address, but I can talk to you about spiritually how God wants to bring healing to you. And he may want to use professionals to help that healing occur, like he uses medical professionals in our physical healing. So if that's where you are today, I encourage you to move in that direction too. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that you care so much about us that in your word, You give us this wonderful instruction and direction about how we deal with our anxiety. That you want to free us from a perpetual state of anxiety. That we weren't meant to carry this. And that you're saying, just give it to me and let me carry it. And so give us the grace today, Father, to give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene online at bethanynaz.org.